Welcome to Sea of Fire Ministries Podcast with Pastor James Myers. And now, we dive into the book of Acts. Okay, now um, Luke is shifting from Jerusalem uh, uh, to Antioch. Remember the end of uh, chapter 12, uh, Barnabas and Saul, and thank God he gets renamed in this chapter to Paul. So we don't have to call him Saul anymore. But, uh, but um, remember, John Mark joins them and goes back to Antioch. Okay, remember, it was, I don't know why it was there, but it was there. So we just have to remember that now, now they're in uh, uh, Antioch. Um, and so we're returning to Antioch. And um, yeah, Paul's missionary uh, journey begins, begins here. And so we're going to read it and break it down. Okay, everybody ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manain, who had been brought up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they had arrived at Salamis, uh, they, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They, they also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false pro- prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, uh, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an, in, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But, but Elimus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, there it is, thank God, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O oh, 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 full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had, what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they, they came to Antioch and Pisidia, and, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and, motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about forty years he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. After that he gave them judges for about four hundred and fifty years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. After John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Uh, Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to, to the people. And we declare to you glad, tide, glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled for, for us and their children, uh, in that he has raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you, and that he, and that he raised him up from the dead, no more uh, to return to corruption. He has spoken thus. Uh, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another place, in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, 
after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried uh, with his fathers and saw, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that, that, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified from, by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a, day, for I work, a work in your days, a work we, which you will by no means believe, though one were uh, to declare it to you. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and, con and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge, yourself, ju judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for the salvation, that you shall be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as, as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was, given, was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred, stirred up the devout and pro, prominent, men, prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to uh, Iconium. Uh, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. All right, so we go back up to verses 1 through 3. All right. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers: Barnabas, Simeon, who were Barnabas, Simeon, who was called uh, Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Man Manain. I keep on trying to remember how to pronounce that. Manain, uh, who had been brought up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, "Now separate to be Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Okay. Apart from uh, Barnabas and Saul, who we've already talked about, so Simeon, who is also called Niger. Niger means black, so he could mean it could mean that he's uh, from Ethiopia. I know it's considered somewhat a pejorative, of a pejorative now, but for the longest time in history, it just wasn't. It was just you know a description. Uh, or it could be uh, Simon of Cyrene, who was compelled to carry the cross of Christ, the cross piece of Christ. Um, uh, Paul mentioned, mentions Lucius in Romans. Other than that, we don't really know uh, much about him. Menaean is someone who I really want to f uh, focus on for a little bit. So he had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That means this is Herod Antipas. Remember the three Herods? So Herod Antipas is the one who beheaded John, John the Baptist. Okay. So, and other translations say that he was his half-brother. So Menaean is the half-brother of Herod Antipas, which means he grew up in, under Herod the Great, under with great luxury and uh, and and all of that, um, yeah. Uh, so we should remember Pharaoh. Or, I'm sorry, we should remember Moses, who was brought up under Pharaoh. Remember, and then he went back out into his brothers, but he was raised up in the house of Pharaoh. And we should also remember because God will 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 call one, and he will leave the other. Remember, like you know. For Jacob, I have loved Esau. I have hated. So out of the out of the same family, sometimes he will take one to save, and he will leave one to condemn. The 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 same man who beheaded John the Baptist and really caused uh, the crucifixion of Christ. This half brother is now a leader at the Church of Antioch. And remember, I told you Antioch is a very important church in the early, in the beginning of the church. Not just in Acts, but even after that, in early church history, which God willing will consider at some point. I really want to get into the early church history. So I just really wanted to kind of focus um, on, on him specifically. Um, other than that, uh, that's, uh, that's basically about those, those gentlemen. Um, oh, whoops, of course it's not going to. Okay, here we go. Uh, as far as the difference between prophets and teachers, we can't, so we, there were certain prophets and teachers, okay. We can't uh, narrow the term prophets to just foretelling. Uh, prophets would, 
prophets would basically just speak the word of God. Remember, remember it says, thus saith the Lord, and then they go on to say what, the, what God has reve revealed to them. And then Christ comes along and says, you know, you've heard it said, but I say to you, because now it's no longer thus says the Lord, it's a, thus says I, because I am the Lord, uh, and, and so forth. So these are people who can, who speak the word of God, okay? Let's not just narrow the focus to something like a psychic. Okay, they're, they're, they're speaking the word of God. And teachers, okay. So there are some people who are given the gift to interpret the word of God and able, and able to articulate that somewhat, somewhat, but they can't teach, okay. And then there, there are people who can't interpret, <laughs> you know, God's word all that well, but they're very good at teaching. Okay. What I think Luke is emphasizing is because, uh, remember, they sent them away. They send Saul, Paul, and Barnabas away. I think Luke is saying even though they leave the church of Antioch, Antioch is left with, with great leaders who are able to prophesy in order to basically exposit and explain the scriptures, the word of God, and to teach it. You know, these are people who are gifted with both. Okay, and so I think Luke is basically saying, even though when Paul and Barnabas leave, there's still a faithful witness left. Um, this ministering to the Lord, as they were ministered to the Lord, is obviously uh, prayer, as we'll, you know, as we see, having fasted and prayed. That's what the ministering to the Lord. Um, this was to seek God's wisdom as to how to seek out the, 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 the other Gentiles. That's all these people are concerned about. That's what they're praying about. That's what they're, that's what, that's what they're ministering to the Lord about. They're, they're imploring God to, you know, please move, act, do, you know, lead us in the way. And as they were praying, uh, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me, to me, not, you know, Barnabas and Saul, uh, for the work to which I have called them. So these men didn't appoint Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit anointed Paul and Barnabas for him, for God. Okay. Um, yeah. And then after, after their prayer is answered, after the first prayer is answered, and the Holy Spirit says, you know, you know, uh, get Barnabas and Saul, uh, separate Barnabas and Saul for me. They fasted and prayed again. The first answer to the prayer isn't enough. You must continue seeking God. Just because he answers the first, the first one, now you seek him for the continuation of that. Thank you, God. Thank you for telling us, you know, separate uh, for me, uh, Paul and Barnabas, to, and send them out, you know, to, for my purpose. But continue, continue to seek God for that sending away and for that mission. That prayer has to continue. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I already said that. Okay, the laying on of hands. Uh, let me, we've mentioned this before, um, but, uh, yeah, this signifies their devotion to God. Uh, well, yeah, we've already talked about the hand, the leading, the putting on of hands, but, but what I do want to mention is, in the early church, when they, they would give the benediction, which we'll consider later, but it's, you know, God, you know, bless you and keep you, may his face shine upon you and give you peace and all that. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at that later. And, but, le, but early in the church, when, you know, when there were a certain number of people, the, the preacher would actually go individually to each person and bless them with that blessing. When the church got to be too big, basically they just raised their hands and gave the benediction for everybody, symbolizing a laying on of hands. And this is what we see now. And I just want you to know that is actually a laying on of hands it's just, you know, obviously not physical, but that's why they raise their hands and give you the blessing. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, four, verses four and five. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, uh, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. I want us, first of all, just so you know, this here's Phoenicia is cut off on the last map. So Phoenicia is just down here. Uh, but first of all, I want us to look at this map. I know it's just a map, but I want us to consider this map in absolute reverence to our God. Okay, for all of the all of human time before this time, it basically the Old Testament, the 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 story 
of God's revelation was specifically narrowed to this area, a little bit south of here, but right here. Okay. Other, I mean, we have occasions of going to other nations, but not to save them. There were these certain uh, accounts, like Naaman, the commander. Remember, with Elisha, he was he was a pagan, you know, from Assyria, and he was saved. Uh, but other than that. Other than these few exceptions, this is the first time God is sending out his people for his people and going out into all the earth. Remember, remember in Genesis when, when uh, the, the, the um, sons of Jacob uh, go, go out into all the rest of the world. And, 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 and God even says, you know, eventually they will return to uh, Shem to, to, to dwell in their tents. And that's what's going on. God's promise from Noah... <laughs> Noah's time is now being fulfilled. This is beautiful. I know it's just a map. This is wonderful. Praise God for this. I just want to... Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, Elisha... Yeah, this isn't, this isn't a crusade designed by men. Okay, Paul and Barnabas, those men who are, who are praying and asking, this is designed... The Spirit said, separate to me Saul and Barnabas. God is doing this. Um, and, and we've, we've discussed briefly that because they go into the synagogue of the Jews, we will see this and we'll see this again later. This is the proper way to start. Uh, Paul talks about, uh, the, the gospels first supposed to be preached to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And this is something we will get back to God willing, because again, right, you know, in future sessions, we'll have this broken down we can talk about it, but today we can't, we have a lot here. Um, Okay. Um, John Park was John Mark was their assistant. They also had John as their assistant. Now, okay, I mean, so he's their assistant, but we can't we can't assume that his work is of just very small value just because it's of less value. Without John Mark, we don't have the Gospel of Mark. We'd be totally underserved if there if John Mark hadn't gone as their assistant. Okay, um, and uh, um, all of that. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, verses six through eight. Now, when they had gone through the island uh, to Paphos, they, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an, an intelligent man. This, man. this man called for Barnabas and Saul and uh, sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them seeking to uh, turn the proconsul away from the faith. So here's another sorcerer. Remember, we saw Simon Magus in chapter eight. Um, and so here's another sorcerer, uh, uh, just like that. So he's called Simon Magus uh, because the, t the word Magus comes from, the Greek is Magos, but, but we see that with a Magi, and we'll get back to that here in a second. Uh, sorcery was prohibited in Deuteronomy 18.10, but was not extinct. We see that actually happening in the Old, Old Testament. Um, that his name was Bar-Jesus, son of Joshua, is obviously something of an irony here, uh, because this means son of Joshua. So, you know, he's got the same word, Jesus, is something kind of an irony here. Um, this man was a Jew, uh, we see, okay? Uh, and we expect the participation of the occult, like sorcery and such, from the East. Um, it, but in particular, definitely not with Jews. Um, in contrast, we remember the Magi, Magi you know, who came to uh, seek out the infant Christ, right? And, and that was fine, you know. Uh, um, yeah, the term Magus can, can mean a few vocations, such as soothsayers, which I think would be a better translation for this sign, for this, uh, for Elimus, for Bar-Jesus, whatever you want to call him, uh, or augurs. An ancient Roman augur was uh, spe a specialized priest who consulted to trans translate omens and used to to basically recommend and tell people like what are going to happen in battles for generals or whatever for, for politicians so that's one reason i'm sure sergius paulus is having this guy in his in his council you know because he's helping him uh with his uh you know anticipation of what's to come astrology would be another um however they could also be wise men teachers physicians and the like and that's what is closer to the Magi, okay, the ones that sought after um, Christ. There's nothing suggested that they were sorcerers or any. It's basically that they were wise men, okay, that's all. And they were from the East. Um, obviously, yeah, and in Deuteronomy, obviously Moses wasn't prohibiting wisdom, 
you know, wisdom is something that's encouraged throughout the scriptures. Okay, so so this part of the word maga doesn't apply. You know, the word wisdom part. It's it's the it's the sorcery. It's all that nonsense. It's what he's doing. Uh, um, yeah, this man Bar Jesus was not only content, you know, in his blatant disregard for God, he profits. He profits heavily on it. So his conscience isn't not only not seared. He had all of his uh, it, all of his incentive is to do this. Um, yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, so his name uh, Alimus is derived from the word uh, Magus. It's likely an Aramaic named name making conjunction for Magus and uh, powerful. Um, yeah, this this man sees his marketplace about to van vanish, and that's why he's withstanding. Uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas. This is a heart of a devil. He's a hypocrite, just as the other Simon was. And both of these men were very influential at the time, remember? And so was he. Um, and and this man was able to fool, is able to fool Sergius Paulus, just like Simon Magus was kind of able to fool Philip, remember? Um, so there are some similarities here. Um, yeah, again, this man was able to fool, uh, fool Sergius Paulus, but we'll see, and we see uh, Luke says he was an intelligent man. However, there's a difference between being intelligent and being wise, okay? To be intelligent, it could be like, um, <clears throat> could tell you how to, how to start a business, right? A person of certain intellect will tell you how to start a business. A wise person will tell you whether or not it's worth starting a business, <laughs> all this kind of a thing. There's just a difference. One, one can give you f certain facts, hopefully they're facts, the other is able to interpret. The other is really to tell you the underlying principle of facts. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, yeah, I had some examples, but I can't spend too much time. Okay. Regarding Sergius Paulus, he was obviously from the West. And he, as even in our own day, you know, many of the Westerners are very fascinated with, with the Eastern mythological, you know, all these different things with Eastern uh, meditations and all these kind of things. So this proconsul was no different. Uh, a proconsul was a Roman deputy of sort. Uh, uh, Caesar Augustus divided the provinces into senatorial and imperial. Okay, the ones that were s the the senatorial were presided over Paul, uh, of uh, proconsuls. The other ones were uh, proprietors, something like that. But but the the proconsuls would lead areas where there's no danger of an uprising. Okay, and so the other the the appropriators had military there and all this other stuff. So so this is obviously a senatorial province province that he's that that he's uh, leading. Um, yeah, and there's some yeah I don't really have to get it. I don't want to get into that, but I do want to just mention in passing there was um, a question as to whether this account was actually historically accurate because when Augustus actually did divide the kingdoms, uh, Cyprus was uh, originally uh, a, uh, um, an imperial one, so you know, they had military things and all that. However, just long story short, they, uh, they dug up an artifact that basically showed that at the time of Claudius Caesar, he, he changed it to a senatorial, and that's where we have this proconsul, okay? That's how we get this proconsul, because by that time, now we know this is historical, <laughs> and so I just, it's just one of those great times where, you know, uh, this, these accounts have been so much, so doubt, uh, doubted, and it's interesting. With every turn of the rock, you know, in archaeological digs, it only solidifies and, and, and proves the Bible even more. Um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that in passing. Okay, quite aside all that, we see uh, that he called for Barnabas and, and, and Saul in order to hear the word of God. Uh, this means that the, the, the proconsul had begun to, to, seek, to seek out the gospel. Whether or not it's because, you know, he started doubting this man or whether or not he heard something, we don't know. Uh, but, uh, but we do know that the reason this proconsul is calling for Saul and Barnabas is because God has called this proconsul. Remember, I mean, we've talked about this, so that's the only thing we need to know. Um, regardless, as Barnabas and Paul were trying to share the gospel, uh, this nominal Jew, remember we've talked about nominal Christians, so this is a Jew in name only, won't shut up. He just keeps on, <laughs> he keeps on trying, uh, and, and he withstood them. The Greek is anthistami, uh, coming from the Greek word anti, 
and histemi means to stand, to make firm, fix, establish. So this foolish devil uh, was against any such thing. So against any kind of standing. He's, he's against what these, apo these apostles, by the way, Barnabas is referred to as an apostle too. James too, but that's another story. Uh, but um, these apostles, okay, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, are standing. They're fixed in the gospel. And this man, this sorcerer, this nominal Jew, this wicked man is seeking to oppose them for his own gain, okay? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and again, it's anti-standing, basically. So again, this, this, this man is meant to fall, to weaken. As we saw in the first psalm, the difference between the blessed man and his enemies, and his nemesis. Okay, we're going to briefly, I'm not going to read it, but I just want to say the, the former, so the, 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 the righteous are planted by rivers of water. Do, 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 do. He's, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, okay? Uh, which is fruitful, does not wither, and all he does is prosper. You'll see it all along there. The ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff, the wind blows away. Uh, he tries to walk in the path of the ungodly, to stand in the path of sinners, yet he's, uh, and to sit in the seat of the scornful. Uh, yet he stumbles when he walks. He's fallen when he stands. And what he thinks to be his throne, remember I've told you the, 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 the tendency of man is especially fallen man, is to dethrone God and take his place. So what he thinks to be his throne, he finds to be the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, do, do, do. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Okay, so this Lemus is against standing. Then the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They can't. Um, they'll, they'll fall. Okay, I just wanted to show you that real quickly. Okay, 9 and 10. Then Saul, who is, who is uh, also is called Paul. Here it is. Praise God. Okay. Uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? So, again, he's renamed, thank God. Uh, so Saul is his Jewish name. Paul was his Roman name. He was probably called Paul in his native city, Tarsus. Um, and so, but Saul was his uh, um, Jewish name. Luke cho chose this occasion with the proconsul to rename him. I just think that's interesting for a myriad of reasons, which... Again, if we condense this more, I get into, but I'm, I, I, we just don't have time. Um, to, 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 yeah, to introduce this familiar name, which we'll carry on. Um, here, Paul could have taken Elimus aside, right, and just kind of rebuked him in secret, you know, and be like, hey, what's going on here? Or he could have implored the, uh, Sergius, the, the proconsul, hey, could you do something about him? You, you called us over here to preach, your, to preach the gospel to you, and this guy won't shut up. Could you do something about this? But he doesn't. He doesn't do any of those things. When he, while he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he looks intently at him. We remember this? Remember looking intently? Do you remember that? Okay. At him and said, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil. I hope we can think of another pejorative in our own time. It's kind of like that. You enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? He's going straight after him. Let us remember that, okay? This, okay, I always, I always continue to say, don't see, you don't seek to offend, you don't seek to, but when you are, when, when somebody is, is, is obstructing you sharing the gospel with somebody else, offend them away, okay? <laughs> offend them away. Uh, and, and, and he's not being offensive, he's telling the truth, and that's what you do. He's telling the truth, and he's going straight out, and he's full of the Holy Spirit, so this is fine, okay? Uh, yeah, he didn't do anything. Okay. Uh, yeah, Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elimus was full of uh, deceit and fraud. Uh, the Greek word for deceit, uh, full of all deceit, is dolos, which means crafty or full of guile. Uh, it's the same word uh, used for when the chief priests and scribes uh, sought to arrest Jesus by trickery. That's what the word says in the Bible on that part. It's trickery. Uh, the, the word for fraud is, okay, which means uh, easy of doing or unscripted. Uh, sadly, I can't actually write in the Greek letters. That would actually make it a lot easier for me to pronounce these things, but I have to do it in the, anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, unscripted. Yeah. Uh, Elimus was not only a false prophet, but he found his hypocrisy easy. His conscience was seared. His guilt was at peace. Um, yeah, tucked her away under his dead heart. Uh, Justice Simon, remember, Magus, he has no repentance. But Elimus didn't even act 
like he repented. Remember, Simon Magus actually at least acted like he was. Um, yeah, and he was the son of the devil. Paul isn't mincing any words. He's not pulling back at all. Um, yeah, I already talked about that. Um, where is it? Yeah, son of the devil. So Christ, obviously, is the son of God, and all of the Father's childrens are also children, are sons and daughters of God. Okay, this man and all other fallen men are sons of the devil. Okay, um, yeah, they are enemies of righteousness and allies to sin. Uh, remember, the nations rage. And the people plot a vain thing. That's what that's what Bar Jesus is doing, Elimus, whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah, and then Paul asks him, "Will you will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord?" Remember what I've told you is the problem with people isn't the lack of information. Elimus knows his Bible. He knows all of this is crazy. He knows he's going up against God's word. He knows all that. So he's asking him, "Will you not cease perverting?" The, the straight ways of the Lord. So the, way, the ways of the Lord are straight. The ways of the fallen are crooked. They might bend to and fro. You might go up and then you might have all sorts of... But they lead one way. The straight way of the Lord also lead one way to Him. The path of the ungodly, again, bend all around, but they all lead one way as well. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, eleven and twelve. And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you should be you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Okay, uh, so as Elimus was blind in sin, now he's blind because of sin. Uh, sin is the cause of his dark blindness. Uh, however, this however this blindness was to be temporary. See, not seeing the sun for a time, just like just like Paul's was. Um, the blessing. Okay, okay. Hmm. Where are we? Ooh, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just so you. Know, okay, I'm gonna read this one real quickly. We've read De part of Deuteronomy 28 where it lays out the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. Two ver verses, uh, verses 28 and 29 read, The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart, and you, will, you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall only be oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. And as we read in Isaiah 42, remember we did, we did that the first uh, Isaiah, um, the 28th verse uh, reads, Seeing many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he does not hear. I mean, there, there again, is, is what's going on. Okay, not okay. And blindness is only cured by the light of Christ. We've 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 talked about this. This evil hypocrite is looking, do, 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 seeking some for someone to lead him by the hand. This blind man is looking for a companion. He probably finds few companions because he's just fooling everybody. His only companions are 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 there because they get stuff from him. You know, they're not real friends. Uh, but he's seeking someone to lead him by the hand in his blindness instead of seeking the one who could cure cure his blindness. He's just seeking for somebody to help him while he's blinded. And that's how men are. That's how men and women are, falling away from God. Um, Christ, yeah. And again, as we've mentioned, Christ gives light to some and leaves other in the dark. Um, yeah, where, whereas uh, Elimus was struck blind, the proconsul was saved. Now, again, as, as we've shown in times past, he did, he's, it does say, he, the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Okay. Now, Paul and, and Barnabas had obviously shared something, shared the gospel, which, and they probably were talking about the light of Christ and how you know, degenerate men are blind and all of this. So the miracle, the sign, the, the judgment of, of Elimus, testifies to what they were saying. So what he's saying, what Luke is saying is, the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord, not only what they were sharing, but what, he, what was done, you know, uh, paralleled uh, what they were teaching. Okay, all right. Okay, we gotta move. All right, going back to the map. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to show you. So the, the one where we, we had, uh, it, so this is the first missionary journey. Uh, here we are now, Paphos, 
Uh, remember Salamis, though, this, here's Antioch. So now they're coming, going from Paphos to Perga. Uh, so 13 and 14. Now when Paul and his party set uh, sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when, uh, but when they departed from Perga, they, went to, they came to Antioch and Pisidia uh, and went into the synagogue of the Sabbath day and sat down. So here's the, where the first, so we're going up to Perga here. Here, this is where John departs from them, and we get back to that, and we discuss this briefly, and then they go into up to Antioch uh, in Pisidia. Technically, uh, this Antioch was actually in Phrygia, but there was another Antioch there, so they called this Antioch in Pisidia just to distinguish, I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but, but that, it's just a fact, so. Um, again, we don't know why uh, uh, John departed. Uh, again, we'll, we'll get back to this. Paul says he had, uh, he had not gone with them to the work, and that's what his problem was. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss that some other time. Pamphylia was, uh, was an economically poor province. Uh, yeah, right here. Um, yeah, they then traveled about a hundred miles north this is about a hundred miles north. Uh, yeah, I already said that. Uh, yeah, this doesn't matter. The reason there are so many Antiochs is because Seleucid, uh, the first of Nicator, when he, he gained all of Syria, and named uh, one of the cities, the, the chief city, Antioch, after his son. Some people think it was after his, I mean, after his father. Some people think it was actually after his son. But that's why there's so many Antiochs. Seleucid was big. It was a big deal. Okay, just so you know. And so that's why there are so many Antiochs all over the place. Okay. Okay, 15. And after reading the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogues sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So it was customary for visitors to go that who came to the synagogue for them to be asked, you know, to give an, to an exposition. You know, the exhortation is another word for exposition. So preach uh, about what was just read kind of a thing. Uh, the Sabbath service would include the, the, the Shema, in Deut which, we've, we've, which we've discussed. It's in Deuteronomy 6.4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. Um, followed by the prayer of 18 blessings, which is, uh, and I have those, they're actually at 19 blessings, and I have a translated version of that if you're interested. Um, yeah, these were prayed on the Sabbath days, holy days, and daily service. Uh, following these prayers, they would read from the Law and the Prophets, uh, uh, followed by an exposition, an application of the text, uh, which is what Paul and Barnabas were asked to do. Uh, the, again, this word of exhortation is used in Hebrews 13, 22, and it says, And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with a word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Again, so bear with a word of, of exposition. Continue, continue in seeking out God in and through his body his Bible, in particular through preaching, to, through faithful preaching uh, of his word. Um, yeah, again, this would be a spoken discourse explaining the meaning and significance of one or more of the scriptures uh, which were read aloud. Uh, the Sabbath service would end with a benediction, mostly from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 20, so this is the benediction, uh, from Numbers 6, 24 to 26, but, but part of before that and part of that after that, so verses 22 to 27 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon, countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That's why we, that's where the benediction happens. Um, but that's the benediction. Okay. And this is an ancient fallen, you know, ruins of a synagogue. I don't know where, just so you know, it's not particularly okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, verses 16 through 19. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an unlift up, I did that when I read it. With an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness, and when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he, he distributed their land to them by allotment. So we've talked about this very often. So, I, I mean, through these accounts, again, until we actually start breaking them down, I'm just going to kind of go through, kind of go through these quickly. Um, it, by the way, though, although we see that Saul had preached in synagogue, I mean, in Jerusalem, he had at uh, um, Damascus, he had in Antioch. This is the first sample 
of his preaching. This is the first time we actually see him preaching. This is his first sermon that we have recorded in Acts. Okay, very important, but it, it but it reflects a lot of Peter's first sermon. Uh, in fact, he actually uh, quotes many of the same psalms, like Psalm 19, uh, or, or I'm sorry, 16. Um, yeah, and, and, and other things besides Christ's undeserved uh, uh, crucifixion, forgiveness and salvation to those who believe. Um, yeah, he began with the a- a- account of Exodus, which, which was likely what was read in, in the readings, okay, the Law and the Prophets. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have to mention that. I don't have to mention that either. I'm trying. I'm trying to just determine. Yeah, I have a lot there. Yeah, we can wait for another time for that. Okay. You never have to rush over anything. Like well, that. I just you know I mean for for multiple here. Let me get over here. I guess it's still gonna be recorded, so it really doesn't matter if I go do that. Well, yeah, I do want another time. So real quickly, we can edit this out. I do want to keep it relatively an hour for consistency's sake and. For other people interested in actually wanting to listen, it's hard to get to get somebody to listen to an hour and forty-eight minutes, or, you know, message or whatever. So I do try to keep it condensed, um, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I do try to, uh, but that's the purpose. I do have to get into the pattern of keeping it relatively the same the same time. But that's why I actually like her idea. That way, I don't have to feel like I'm rushing through. We can actually okay. consider things, you know, each, each particular. But thank you. Okay. So verses 20 through 23, after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God, get, God raised up for Israel uh, a savior, Jesus, and then it goes on. But the 450 years uh, included the 400 years in Egypt, the 40 years in the wilderness, and then 10 years of conquest from Joshua. Okay, that's the whole of the four, 450 years. The people had asked for a, a king uh, because Samuel, Samuel's so, sons didn't walk in his ways. Okay, Samuel was the last judge, basically. So they asked for a king because his sons didn't walk in his ways. Uh, and they wanted a king like all the other nations had. And Samuel was kind of upset by this because he thought that they were rejecting him. And basically, and, and there are a bunch of verses, but God basically says, heed their voice, for they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. I'm their king, and they're rejecting me. Now, however, heed their voice, go ahead, I, I've, uh, I've called basically Saul uh, to, uh, to be that way. But I want you to warn the people that w- what the king is going to do is basically cause, you know, Take many of your sons, and they'll lead the chariots. They'll they'll be commander. You know they'll be soldiers or whatever. He just takes them. Your daughters will do all this other stuff for the king. He'll take the choicest olive groves. He'll take all the choices, you know, lands and everything. And so he's war- and and Samuel does go out and warn the people that, and they're they're still insistent. No, give us a king. We want to be like all the other nations, which turns out to be terrible. Uh, but you know, God warned them. Um, in particular with uh, uh, Saul. Saul turns wicked, and we'll get back to that, God willing. Okay. Um, yeah, so God gave them Saul, interestingly named, right? Just interesting. <laughs> um, uh, whom we've briefly discussed. Uh, he was deposed by, uh, uh, to, to uh, have David reign as king, who is also who is from the tribe of Judah, and that was a prophecy from Jacob. Uh, when Jacob blessed his sons, he said that the scepter will not depart from his from from the tribe of Judah. So uh, Saul was from Benjamin, and so David is actually the proper first king of Israel. Uh, yeah, uh, from this man's seed, so from David's seed came. Christ, the promised seed. He's the seed of promise, which was first given in Genesis 3, as we briefly discussed. Okay. Uh, Verse 24 and 25, after John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of... uh, before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals uh, of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. I've, we've talked about this uh, many times. So all I'm going to emphasize here is really that Paul is emphasizing that uh, John even specifically said he wasn't the Christ. Um, 
And the preaching and baptism of John was spoken of very much with the Jews. Uh, and uh, and these men are these men are hearing to prepare them uh, for repentance and uh, yeah, preparation. Uh, okay, verses twenty six through twenty eight. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem uh, and all, and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. So Abraham was given a promised seed, as we've discussed. Um, and as we've also talked, the Jews assumed they were the seed of Abraham. Uh, and, and Paul goes on to say that, they, the, that this, word, this, this word of salvation had been sent to them um, by God's grace. The gospel has reached these men. Uh, and, and then he points to those who in Jerusalem... Uh, do, do, do. Yeah, who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him. They did not know Christ. And therefore, nor even the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath. Okay, this is, this is important. This, this is what Christ was going up against. This is what Paul will continue to go up against. Barnabas, this is what all of these men are going up against. Remember the per first persecution, all those persecutions, is because the leaders in that day did not understand the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath. And then they fulfilled them. They fulfilled what the prophets would prophesied because they didn't understand. They, they didn't know it <laughs> or him. And so they fulfilled them in condemning him. There's so much there. And I'd love to get into that some other time. And we will. Uh, God willing. Uh, though they found no cause for death in him. They were just jealous. They wanted to tear him down. Uh, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Okay. Okay. And again, they, it was they themselves who fulfilled it. Ooh, that's tough. Um, okay, uh, 29 through 32. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. Uh, he, is, he was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. So, again, we're going to leave most of this for now. Uh, because we've already talked about much of this. Um, but, but Paul meant, specifically mentions that he's declaring to them glad tidings. This is another word for gospel. That's what he's giving them. But this is the culmination of all of the, the, the word of salvation that had been sent to them for all of time. The gospel is not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel is the entire testimony of the scripture. Remember, the, the old or the new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. So the entirety of Scripture is, 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 is testifying of God and to His Son. And the, the, the gospel is now the manifestation of that promise. That, prof, that promise has now been fulfilled. Okay. Right, 33 through 35. God has fulfilled uh, this for us, their children, uh, in that he has raised up Jesus, uh, as it is also written in the second Psalm, "You are my son; today I have begotten you." And that he is, and that and that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to the corruption. He has spoken thus: uh, "I will give you the sure mercies of David." Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, "You will not allow your holy one to see corruption." I and mean, we've already mentioned this. And this is a specific. So all I want to say about this is this is a specific line that uh, Peter also gave in, at Pentecost: uh, "That you will not allow your holy one to see corruption." David body was corrupted you know he was buried and he was his body was corrupted christ was raised and his was not um but again so another reason he's probably shifting to david is probably because that was he was one of the prophets being read at the time remember the law part was likely exodus prophets part is probably david because that's what they're they're expositing the what was the, what was read 36 to 39 for david after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. There it is. I guess I should have waited. Uh, but, he, but he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this, man's, through, this man, yeah, through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things uh, from which you could be justified uh, from which you could not be justified for, by the law of Moses. Okay, first of all, he's declared he's now saying this is, these are the glad tidings. Okay, the, he's kind of spelling everything out the glad tidings. And this is the first occasion of justification by faith alone which we've discussed. It, it 
Paul talks about this often, and this is something I'd love to actually have a separate study uh, considering systematic theology or Christian theology and really go into more detail about justification, what this means. But being justified means, again, to be seen righteous. Remember that God is just and the justifier. He is not only just, but he justifies. He sees us in Christ and therefore righteous. He is made, he, our sins are imputed to Christ. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us and therefore we're justified in his sight. Okay. Um, does that make sense? Okay. 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 40 and 41. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. So he continues, and, he, and, and this is Habakkuk 1.5. Uh, this is the Septuagint version, the... Uh, uh, Hebrew is look among the nations to watch this, you know, uh, be utterly astounded for I work a work in your days, which, which you would not believe though it were told to you. So, I mean, it's pretty similar except the, the beginning part. Uh, this passage originally warned Israel about God's impending judgment coming uh, in the form of their exile to Babylon. Um, uh, here, Paul warns that the rejection of the Messiah would also result in judgment. That's what he's saying. Uh, this is the beginning of God's reply. To, so this is the beginning of God's reply to Habakkuk. Habakkuk and God had this back and forth. It's a, this is a great dialogue. I fully encourage. Habakkuk's kind of complaining. He's crying out to God. I, I don't want to call it complaining. He's, he's crying out to God and God's answering him. So, um, and I would, again, very much encourage you to, uh, to read that. Uh, suffice to say, uh, Paul correctly concludes his apologetic and expository preaching uh, with a warning. This is, this is proper. Um, so, so some, so marvel, so, and perish. So some don't believe because they find the gospel too marvelous, not in the way we do, but too, it, it's just too outlandish, too far-fetched, just too much. And so what he's saying and what God was saying to Habakkuk about other people, basically, though, marvel and perish. Marvel, you'll see all this, you'll think it's too much and perish along with your marveling kind of a thing. Um, so Paul is warning against such foolishness, okay? So in the Bible, the fool is an unbeliever. The wise is a believer, okay? So wisdom is found uh, in, 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 in God. Okay. That's good. All right. Uh, 42 and 43. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them. The next Sabbath, uh, now when the con congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of uh, gr God. So the first reaction was of great faith, but we'll see it was not shared with all the Jews. We'll, we'll, we'll see that here in a sec. And by the way, this is why, what, what's to follow is why I believe what's assumed is the reason that Christian, the term Christian was an insult. We'll see that. We'll see what happens. They're persecuted anyway. Um, so the Gentiles plead for them to come back uh, the next Sabbath. And one must, has to reflect about how the proselyte probably felt at that time, those God-fearers who, who, who are outside of that seed of Abraham, you know, they see God as something of a father. You know, they see God basically as the one true God. But they see themselves still kind of as outsiders. You know, they, they're, they're not naturally the seed of Abraham and all that kind of a thing. So we have to consider what they might have felt like at that time. Um, uh, and so, you know, they, 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 they love this idea. You know, this, because God's, because the gospel, and it was always intended this, this, for this to be, but has grafted them in. The gospel is grafting the Gentiles, all the world, into the vine of Christ. Not all the world, not universalism, but his people into the vine of Christ. Okay. Uh, and, and again, he, he, they're encouraging, persuading them to continue in the grace of God. The grace of God initially begins. So, salvation is monergistic. That means only God, remember, we've discussed this, what power did you have in living? What power did you have in being born? Nothing, right? Same thing. When you're reborn, you have no power over that. God does that. God chooses and saves whom God, whom he saves. Now, sanctification, 
and, 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 and conforming more and more into the image of Christ is synergistic. That is a two-way enterprise. It, 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 it includes our volition, our will. Go back to Augustine. It includes our will and his will. Okay, So that is a symbiotic relationship. So salvation is all of God. Now, sanctification is all of God, but it, but it does, does cause us to continue in the grace of God. We can just as well will to walk away. Okay, or not continue and eventually fall away. And that happens regularly, which indicates that they were never part of the grace of God in the first place. And we'll talk about that again some other time, God willing. Okay, uh, 44 and 45. On the next Sabbath, almost... Uh, the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were f filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by God. So we know, I'm sure most of us know, envy is one of the deadly sins, okay? And, and which was originally depicted in its first form with Cain and Abel. That's what's depicted here. Um, so Paul's offering of the gospel is, accepted, is found acceptable to God. I don't know if you remember the account where... I don't want to get into it, but one offering is acceptable. Obviously, Abel's offering is acceptable, and Cain's was not. Okay, so Paul's offering of the gospel is acceptable to God. Their envy, you know, and, and their offering to just... Because, again, these men are praying to a name. Okay, those Jews are praying to a, a, just a name. And God, God is all-knowing. He hears these prayers, but he knows they're to an idol. They're not to him. But he hears them, he knows about them, but he also knows that they're, not, they're, they're spoken to an idol, so he doesn't listen to them. He doesn't concern them. The prayer and the devotion and the gospel preached in his name, he hears and is glad with. He accepts it. The, the prayer to some idol, he doesn't. He rejects. That's what's going on. Okay. All right. 46 and 47. Then Paul, Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Real quickly. Uh, it's necessary. So, again, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. The Jews. Because all of the testimony to that point, it first begins in Christ commanded that, remember, to begin in Jerusalem, tarry in Jerusalem, when the Spirit comes, uh, go out from Jerusalem to Judea, so still Jews, and then go out to Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So, it's supposed to start with the Jew. Um, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Now, the believer doesn't find himself to be worthy. <laughs> okay, so the opposite of that is not that the believer finds himself worthy of everlasting life. We find our worth in everlasting life in Christ. We find Christ to be worthy. That's why we never boast of ourselves. We boast of Christ and what he did because we were only found worthy of everlasting life because he is worthy and he has given that everlasting life to us. Um, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Uh, so this is where the first time, right, that I've been discussing, you know, they're, they're kicked out of the synagogues, they're, they're persecuted, and so they're out by force. Okay, now, now Paul was commanded by the, by the Holy Spirit to preach to the Gentiles, as we've discussed and we'll see later on. But but he's, you know, he, he's still doing that which Christ commanded him first. And now here's the occasion. He's like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do here. Paul, Christ even said to, when he uh, called, sent his uh, apostles out two by two, remember, which we've discussed, he said to, to those cities who don't accept you, shake off the dust off your, off your sandals and go to the next. And who, they who receive you, go in, give, you know, uh, give, your, give them your peace and all that kind of thing. So that's what they're doing. The, we turn the, oh, that's not there yet. So, foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, for so the Lord has commanded us. Again, that's what I was talking. But I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. I love this. I love this. This is our first. Okay, this verse is specifically about Christ. Okay. I have sent you as a light to the Gentile. The, 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 everybody knew this was about the Messiah. What Paul is saying is that that carries over into his people. So now we are all a light to the Gentiles. That we should, that we should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Let's 
glorify in that. Let's just, I mean, what a tremendous gift. What a tremendous privilege. And what a tremendous reflection. And what a beautiful way to merge that which was, that which was originally seen only meant to apply to Christ and the Messiah is also applied to us. I, I just, it's fantastic. Okay. Okay, 48 and 49. Oh, well, that's convenient. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as has, had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the region. So this is, this is so these are appointed to eternal life again. We'll, t we'll talk about election again, hopefully in some separate study of, uh, of, of theology. But election is basically, again, those who God has elected from the foundation of the earth are appointed to eternal life. So, and as many had been appointed to eternal life, believed. Those who aren't appointed to eternal life don't believe. They might say it, they might, just like uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, just like Simon Magus, who said it. But they didn't actually believe. They didn't actually turn to the Lord like we saw last time, remember? Okay. Uh, yeah. And the word of God was being spread throughout the region. Again, the, the, that, the Christ command is now that, that last part to go reach into the ends of the earth. That's what's happening. Uh, and the Gentiles rejoiced and glorified the word of the Lord. I mean, beautiful. Um, okay. Uh, 50 through 52. Yeah, okay. Uh, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women of the ch and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against uh, Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their, their region. But they shook off there it is there was a foreshadow. Okay, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium, and we'll see that in the next chapter. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Um, so again, the Jews stirred up uh, the devout and prominent women and the chief men. So they're going to the leaders of the city to call to politically cause this persecution, and it works. Um, uh, just as they stirred up the crowds you know, when at Christ's crucifixion, that's what they're doing. Um, yeah, it would be one thing to rouse the ordinary men, man or woman, but ordinary men or women, you know, when you get devout, devout and prominent, prominent women and men of the city to, to lead an insurrection or whatever, or ordinary men and women typically follow, sadly. Um, yeah. Okay, that's kind of all I want to say about that one. I know I have something else over here. Uh, this influence was successful. Another persecution was raised up. They didn't kill them, though. Uh, we'll see that they try to later, okay, in, in the next chapter. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, it's like they cannot obey a uh, command. Uh, yeah, contradict. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, there's where they shook off the feet, just like I told you, that it's something that Christ had commanded them to do. Um because, yeah, so those Jews wanted to remain in dust, and that's that's kind of what this is signifying as, as well. So yeah, when Christ commanded them to shake off the dust uh, when they left, it, it signaled that they were that the, those people were now responsible for their own fate. Okay, uh, so they're shaking the dust. If they wanted to remain as dust, they're they're going to shake them off as such. Uh, but again, in God's grace, the disciples are filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas traveled to Iconium, which we'll explore next week. We are going to read Isaiah forty-nine. Further conclusions? So, anybody have any questions? <clears throat> no questions? Yeah. Everybody good? Alright. <clears throat> Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the matrix of my mother, he has made mention of my name. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver he has hidden me, and he said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. As surely my just reward is with the Lord, and my work is with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him. Uh, for I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the pre preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Hope you remember Paul's account of that. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nation abhors, abhors the servant, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, 
because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and He has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will, pre I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, that you may say to the prisoners, Go forth, to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the roads, and their pasture shall be on all desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them, even by the springs of water he will, he will guide them. I will make each of my mountains a, ro a road, and my highway shall be elevated. Surely these shall come from afar. Look, those from the north and, and the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people, and will have mercy on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall, be, shall make haste. Your, your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes, look around and see. All these gather together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourselves with them all as an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. For your waste and desolate places and the land of your destruction will even now be too small for the inhabitants, and those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children you, you will have after, <clears throat> after you will have lost the others. You will say again in their, your ears, or will say again in your ears, the place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Then you will say in your heart, who has begotten these for me, since I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive and wandering to and fro, and who has brought these up? There I was, left alone, but these, where were they? Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift my hand in an oath to the nations, and set up my standard for the peoples. They shall bring your sons in their arms, and, their, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers, and their queens shall be your nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth, and lick up the dust of, of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed to wait for me. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the captives of the righteous be delivered? But thus says the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. I will feed those who oppress you with their own flesh, and they shall be drunk with their own blood, as with sweet wine. All flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Jacob, thank you. Our Heavenly Father, Thou Creator of all, of life Thou the author, Thy voice is the call. It is the cry of the sun and the moon and the stars that what has begun shall be finally ours. Thou hast lifted the valleys and torn down the high hills. Thou hast sought through the alleys and saved whom Thou wills. Send now Thy servants to, pro to proclaim Thy salvation. Rid us of servants, serpents as we seek out all nations until our days have no end and our joy has no bounds. For thou, for thou causest thy friend, and thus thy glory renounce. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, master of over, over all of heaven and earth, your dominion has no end. May your reign be magnified and shown in and through your people. Your children, I send out your name to the ends of the earth. Bring your children from afar. Let us lift up your voice, now and forever. Let us seek now the rest of your harvest. In the name of your precious son, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to CFIRE Ministries Podcast with Pastor James Myers. We hope you enjoy this message. Please subscribe and follow us. Tune in as we continue in the Book of Acts.